You're listening to today's inspirational message on the Proverbs with Kurt Bjorklund. When your kids are little, there's a idea that you have this responsibility to keep them safe. And as they age, you still want to keep them safe, but your role transitions from keeping them safe to trying to warn them of the danger, and it becomes their own responsibility over time. I remember when my kids were little, sometimes my wife and I would disagree about where that line was. We'd go to a playground or something, and the kids would climb, and my wife would want to try to make sure that they didn't fall, and I would always look at it and say, well, if they fall, they'll learn to be a little better at taking care of it, and they're not going to hurt themselves significantly with the size of the fall. And so there's, there's this line in between. And when we come to Proverbs 11, it's like the author of Proverbs is writing to warn people who are spiritually immature about the dangers of certain things. And then specifically, as they mature to, to grow, to take responsibility for these things. Here's just an example in the first seven verses. Uh, we're told that here are the dangers. Disgrace, verse 2. Verse 3, destruction. Verse 4, wrath and death. Verse 5, falling by wickedness. Verse 6, being taken captive by lust. Verse 7, perishing. And what I see when I just look at these verses are three dangers that we all need to be aware of. The danger of pride, the danger of unrighteousness, and the danger of temporalism. So first, the danger of pride. Pride is... Seen in verse 2, where it says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. And pride uh, is, according to the Net Bible, which is the New English translation in the notes, which if you haven't found those, are really great notes, says the Hebrew word for pride is presumptuous. This term is from zid, which means to boil, to seethe, to act proudly. Uh, to act presumptuously. The idea is a boiling over the edge of a pot, and it signifies overstepping boundaries. And Bruce Waltke, in his commentary, says, the wicked invite pride to come as their guest, but like an inseparable twin, disgrace comes along with her as an uninvited guest. And what you see when we're talking about the danger of pride is just a wrong motivation in life, a, a danger of saying, if I don't have this motive under control, what will happen is it will push me to do things that will boil over and get me out of bounds. And probably right along with this is just this idea of unrighteousness. And the reason this is striking is because pride often is what leads us to cut corners. A false balance, verse 1, is an abomination to the Lord. A just weight is his delight. Verse 3, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Riches do not profit in a day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. The righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight, but the wicked fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the treacherous are taken captive by their lusts. And so you you see these shortcuts, this dishonesty, this unrighteousness. And in our day, there's a sense in which a lot of times we tend to think that, that righteousness is something that's only imputed, meaning there isn't actual righteousness. And when I say our day, what I mean is there's an emphasis in a lot of Christian teaching today that, that says we fail, we're going to fail, we're sinners, but that's why we celebrate the righteousness of Jesus, and it's all imputed, all about justification by faith. 
But there's also a practical righteousness that is born out of sanctification, God's work in us over time, in which we grow in righteousness. And this proverb is warning that when we ignore righteousness, that what we're doing is we are, in essence, setting a trap for ourselves. We're living dangerously because God has has built a universe that works in such a way that generally righteous choices live better over time than unrighteous choices. And and righteousness, uh, integrity, we could even say, um, is, is important because verse uh, 3 talks about this idea of treacherousness destroys them. The NIV says duplicity. And what that's saying is that when you have righteousness, you don't act differently in different settings. And so one of the ways to know that you're living unrighteously or without integrity or you're living with duplicity is when you find yourself speaking differently around one group of people than another, acting differently in private than you do in public, having a different approach uh, based on who you're with and what's going on. And then the final danger, just in these first seven verses, is what I'm just going to call the danger of temporalism, which is the danger of basically saying, verse 7, the wicked dies, his hope will perish. The expectation of wealth perishes too. And, and here, what you basically understand is that, is that the person who lives and hopes for things in this life will ultimately find only this life to satisfy them. But what Philippians 1.21 says is true, and that is when you can say to live is Christ, then you can say that to die is gain. But if anything else is to live for you, then to die is to lose it. So if to live is status, to die is to be forgotten. If to live is achievement, to die is to give it to others. If to live is to be attractive, then to die is to, in essence, cease to be attractive. If to live is fun, and to die is to be stationary. Only when you and I say to live is Christ can we say to die is gain. So be warned that there are dangers, and the dangers are real if you don't learn to let the spiritual realm, the Word of God, instruct you and guide you in our journey. Thanks for joining us here today. There's a lot of great content to explore on Orchard Hill Plus and on the Orchard Hill main feed from the weekend. Have a great day.